Hi, everyone. Welcome to the season two premiere of Black And, a candid conversation about racism, white people, and ways to move forward. I'm April. And I'm Jonathan. We're brother and sister looking to discuss how race informs important issues, current events, and what white people looking to make a difference can do. On this episode, we're really excited to have Joel Durfner of White Nonsense Roundup, so we'll share that conversation later. Before that, Jonathan, what's on your mind? So I think we should talk about Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving dinner and discussing race and white supremacy at your Thanksgiving dinner. It's sort of a no-no, isn't it? Yeah, so I feel like it has been treated as such. People often say that they don't want to talk about politics at Thanksgiving dinner. This is our break to just get around, be with our family, and um, enjoy our fellowship and company and not have to have any of the the uh, conflict of the outside world. And I just, one, I think racism and white supremacy are not politics, um, but also, if not at those sort of intimate gatherings with people that are close to you, close to you, when do you talk about these things that are important with those people that are close to you? Um, so we would, I say that we should advocate, April, you and I, for folks to actually proactively seek out their relatives and their family members at these conversations where they're going to be together maybe for one time out of the year. Um, It's weird because I think our family is maybe a bit unique in that there are many people of color in it and in the mostly white family that we have up here. um, Up here? Oh, in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Um, So when we get together with everyone, it's, yes, majority white people, but there's a handful of people of color, including ourselves. And so for us, when we're talking about race and politics, we're just talking about our lives. We're just sharing, like when my aunt asks, how's it going? I'm going to be honest with her and mention some things that have to do with racism in my life that I'm experiencing. Low-key hostile work environment. Right, like, Like, (laughs) sorry. Um, But in talking to white people and asking them to do the same thing, it's probably harder because it's not uncommon for mm-hmm. a white family to be all white right. and to have no right. people co- color there. Right. So as the white person doing this work, you're probably just bringing you're just up injecting. race. Yeah, right. unless like, you know, Uncle Bill says something, quote, off color, which is just racist, and then you respond. If none of that is said, then you, yeah, you do just have to bring it right. up. And talk to people. I think that's, yes, I totally agree. It's funny. I think we should, it's worth mentioning what a, and I'm putting this in quotes, privilege it is to decide whether you'll talk about whether another group should be treated like humans. Like a a privilege, quote unquote, again, because I don't really think this is a privilege at all. It's really messed up. Um, But to decide, oh, no, I'm not going to talk to my family member who doesn't think that black people are equal to him i'm not going to talk to him this year right. about that and my life won't be affected and, and, in right. any way because of that As whether i person. do or right. don't talk about it right yeah that's wild to me so like anyone i would challenge our listeners anyone who thinks oh no we i don't want to talk about those issues to x y and z relative at thanksgiving dinner just know that you that's a choice you get to make that's a some people don't get that choice some people don't get the option of whether they get to advocate for their own humanity um and so that's just worth i feel like worth saying at the yeah outset. and i think it's also really hard 
I want to say it's not lost on me how difficult it is to have those conversations when there's a chance that you're going to really piss someone off. Mm -hmm. They're going to be really mad at you. Mm -hmm. Ruin dinner. They're going to start, you know, an argument. People will leave the tables. People will leave the house or whatever. You may ruin a relationship. But maybe this is harsh, but sorry. (laughs) Sorry, question mark, question mark. You don't get to call yourself an anti-racist if you're not willing to do those things. And we've said on more than one occasion that you will know that you are doing a good job as an ally and as an anti-racist when you experience what will feel like negative consequences to your personal life, to your professional life, to your... So this is one of those examples. It could have negative consequences for you at Thanksgiving. You might have to go eat your turkey in the living room. But... Or Uncle Bill may not talk to you anymore. Is that worth fighting against racism? I would say yes. But that's up to you to determine. Well, and the other option is that you might make Uncle Bill think. Right. You might make Uncle Bill... He may be pissed in the living room watching football, but also thinking about what you said. Right, but the next time he sees a player kneeling on the sideline when he's watching his football game, he might think, why did I think this was all about the military and the American flag. I What my uh, niece or nephew told me at Thanksgiving dinner was that they are kneeling to bring, as a demonstration to bring, uh, you know, to shed light on the issue of police brutality against unarmed black people. I'd never heard that before because I only watch Fox News, let's say, Uncle right. Bill. Um, even, if he goes, even if he goes back to just watching the game and that is deleted from his mind, he had that thought, maybe for the first time. And that's a big step for Uncle Bill. Who's Uncle Bill? I wonder. I I'm feel like, like I don't like him already. I was going to say, I have that. But I have the picture of who Uncle Bill is I feel in like my he mind. makes a good turkey. Yeah. He does make a good turkey. Yeah, for sure. Smokes it. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So, let's talk about the notion that, like, that, that we don't talk, that one doesn't talk about politics, quote unquote, at the Thanksgiving table well define politics i guess right so So, is that i'm not going to talk about who i voted for in the you know pennsylvania primaries or do i not talk about why i hate trump right but does that also mean do i not talk about kids in cages at the border right too is that politics or is that just like racism and white supremacy as we know and have said on the show so many times transcends politics it does not there's no uh one type of politics that is uh that has a claim toward racism at at the end where the other one doesn't i think republican policy points and talking points are not as in line with moving in the right direction as a lot of the democratic talking points political talking points when it comes to race and race relations but that doesn't mean that republicans are racist and Democrats are not. Right. Um, these policies to remedy racism and white supremacy, white supremacy are political policy and government policies a lot of the time. But the concepts, the theoretical concepts of like why black people should be treated like full human beings and why we shouldn't be discriminated against is not a political question to me. Right. So I think, you know, I have a few reasons that I think people should 
actively talk about these issues at Thanksgiving dinner. And I think not the least of which is as an ally and an anti-racist yourself, you need to practice. So practice talking about these things with people who love you, with your family members who are not going to, who, you know, aren't some stranger on the street who's going to scream at you and like hurt you. It's someone who is your aunt or uncle or grandfather or someone who is related to you that ostensibly loves you and is not, they might get mad at you. They might, like we talked about having to eat your turkey in the living room. Like, but at the end of the day, they're your family. So it's a low risk environment if you're going to, if you're really caring about backlash and, you know, getting this right. So practice these sort of talking points about, and these arguments about dismantling white supremacy, the things that we've been talking about all through season one, um, on people who say that they love you and whom you love as your family members. And even if you all agree, still good practice. Right. In in having those conversations, yep. you might realize that you don't agree, agree as much as you think you did. Right. But even if you know you all are on the same page with, you know, you're all anti-racist fighting, you know, against white supremacy still have the conversation then that when you're should, together. Right, and that should be turning into not only displaying, again, to your family how important these issues are to you, even though you all agree, displaying to them how important they are to you, and this should turn into, like, a resource-sharing conversation. Oh, if you all agree, I well, then, hey, you'd like this book that I read, or you'd like this podcast that I listened to, or you'd like this, you know, article that I, you know, How to Be an Anti-Racist book that just came out uh, by uh, Dr. Kendi, um, you know, sharing that kind of thing with people who agree with you who might not otherwise know it is only going to strengthen the cause and is only going to strengthen your uh, your ability to talk about these conversations and hopefully the outcomes that we're um, that we're willing that we're striving for um, April so what's a good example of a time where around the Thanksgiving dinner table someone in our family said something that we had to like that's that's prompted a conversation about race. Well, last year, when we all gathered together to cut our turkey, I forget what the conversation we were having before that, what led to this, but we'll call him Uncle Bill, um, <laughs> commented uh, trying to clarify what type of... Uh, how should I say this? So someone mentioned something. I think I think I know what you're gonna say. So someone you're talking about when someone mentioned the term Indian as a to identify a person. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, dots or feathers," and we all just kind of stopped and was like, "What the fuck, Uncle Bill? <laughs> like, like what the actual fuck do you mean by that? Like, are you asking? Are you asking like Indian, like from the country of India, or like?" Native American? Yes. Like indigenous? And it was like, like his little what? joke that he was making. Hilarious. Haha. Now let's talk about what is so wrong with this statement. And we did. And I'm not going to say that like opinions were right. changed, but like he hasn't said it again. So. And the next time he ever does say that in his out in the world, in his life, not at Thanksgiving dinner, I bet you he'll think about it. Yeah. And that's just one small thing. It's just one little thing. And all we can hope is that maybe he'll think about other sort of racially motive, racist jokes, yeah. you know? And like, it was, like, super awkward. But, like, it was, like, a 30-second conversation that we said, like, okay, first of all, that's not how you address either one of those groups of people. Right. 
dots or feathers. Like, what? Like, <laughs> sorry, we had to like start from basics. Um, but then we just sort of continued on. And then you just like, you know, trample over the awkwardness and get back to eating your turkey, which was lit. <laughs> you really like turkey, don't you? I do. And I guess just like one final thing that we should point out is, and we sort of mentioned this earlier, like one, white supremacy, dismantling white supremacy and racism is not politics. We already sort of discussed that. But two, debating politics in an uncomfortable sort of environment and spirited debate is about as American of a tradition as you can have. And so if you're buying into sitting around the dinner table to reenact this fictional pilgrim Native American meal that that happened, which was actually genocide and like smallpox blankets and like eradicating a whole indigenous group like if you're down with that if you're gonna do that then go full force and do american political debate is about as american and red white and blue as you can get and so debate genocide it's all part of who we are apple pie debate and genocide like that's that's what thanksgiving is right like so and it's like we're laughing to keep from crying but like it's if you're celebrating up, Thanksgiving, like right. we are going to, it's a yes. fucked up holiday anyway. At right. least do some good with it. Right, exactly. And on that pleasant note, <laughs> we'll end this conversation. <laughs> I hate America. Leave that in. So when we come back, we will have our conversation with Joel Durfner of White Nonsense Roundup. Uh, White Nonsense Roundup is an online sort of social media group that, as you'll hear, gets tasked with intervening online whenever white nonsense happens. So it is a fun conversation, to say the least. Hi, Joel. Uh, welcome to Black Anne. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, April, for having me. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And, and thanks, Jonathan, for, for inviting me on. So we... You know, a lot of people have heard the name White Nonsense Roundup, and and the name itself, you know, sort of conveys maybe a little bit of what you do, but but please tell our listeners what um, White Nonsense Roundup is. What what do you guys do, and and, and what's the purpose? Sure, sure. Um, White Nonsense is a group of volunteers. We're not an organization. We're not a, you know, company. Uh, we just basically have a Facebook page. Um, and we are here for two things. Um, one is on our own page, we post stuff about how white people can be better anti-racist activists or be- just better anti-racists in the first place. Um, and a lot of people come and, you know, a lot of people who who mean well, but don't really quite understand exactly what they need to do to be, you know, what the most anti-racist choice is. Um, You know, people who think that colorblindness is the way to go or, you know, that kind of thing can come to our page and learn, you know, more about how to be a better anti-racist. Yeah, so we, um, we, the second thing we do is that uh, people of color and black people and indigenous people can tag us in Facebook discussions. Um, If you 
you know, somebody comes, some white guy comes on your page or your, you know, your profile and it's like, oh, well, what about black on black crime? And you don't feel like explaining for the 10,000th time that day, uh, you know, that there is no such thing as black on black crime uh, and you know, presenting the arguments, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can tag us, put the little at symbol and then white nonsense roundup. You might have to have liked our page for that to work. Um, and we are white people who will come and do the arguing for you so that you can spend your time in a worthwhile pursuit rather than arguing with racists. That's amazing. It's like a squad on demand. It a is. A backup it, squad when you need it. Yeah, yeah. It's we. Uh, it, that's exa- That's kind of exactly what we what we try to be. So and as someone who has as someone who has, who has used you guys use mm-hmm. this sort of service, this squad on demand, uh-huh. I can attest personally to the fact that it is such a relief to uh, to have someone come in and say, you know, with good uh, resources, good argument, and just sort of shut down the sort of legit white nonsense uh, that comes comes our way. And April, I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were going to say something. No, no, I was just gonna I was gonna ask the volunteers uh, about how many are there and is it all white people uh it is mostly white people there are a few people who are who are also native um but other than that i think it's all white people we you know would be happy to you know, have a, you know, have a, a non-white person join and, and do the white nonsense roundup. But, you know, we figure people have enough white nonsense roundup to deal with enough white <laughs> in their own lives, you know, to come and do it on for other people on Facebook. So, um, but if somebody wanted to, we'd be happy to, to have them join the group. Um, and right now we're actually kind of running on a skeleton crew um, which is which is not great. There are, I don't know, I'd say about a dozen of us. Um, there used to be a lot more. There used to be 70. Um, but I think with, you know, as time went on, it, this is actually kind of takes a lot out of you or it, it can take a lot out of you. Um, and so I think people sort of stopped being able to do that or people left Facebook or in a lot of cases, real life activism you know, or, you know, in the real world activism uh, sort of their real, their activism stepped up and they didn't have time for this anymore. So right now there are about a dozen of us. Um, and that means that sometimes it takes a while for us to show up these days. Sure. And we're really unhappy about that. Um, and we, you know, we've been trying literally for years to figure out a way to get, to make, to get Facebook, to give us our mentions in a better way um, and to make sure that we get all of them because we don't always get them. Um, but yeah, that's, so the, that's the long answer. The short answer is about a dozen. Sure. Yeah. So on a personal level, Joel, why, why did you join? What, what made you want to volunteer? Um, you were one of the, one of the earlier volunteers, um, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah. what, what brought you to white nonsense roundup? Well, so my parents were civil rights workers in Mississippi, um, and my dad has just celebrated his 50th year as a voting rights lawyer. Um, And so I grew up in a house where anti-racism was really important. And, you know, 
racism was still seen in my house when I grew up in an old fashioned way, you know, in that you have to like, it has to be purposeful. And, you know, I understood that systems were racist, but there were a lot of ways in which, you know, I was do I was committing a lot of white nonsense myself. And over the years, I've learned how not to. Um, but the thing is that I also am like terrified of people. <laughs> um, <Same>. and, <laughs> and also I hate them. Um, and sometimes my terror is more than my hate. No, actually, it's really, it's really just We terror. are the same. You're like in my head right now. I feel heard. <laughs> um, and so doing out in the world activism can be really difficult for me because it's just so like it's just really anxiety provoking in a lot of ways. Um, but writing things is, you know, it's, that's my wheelhouse. And you know, so, and something I can do from my kitchen is also my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and I think a lot of us are, are sort of the same, have the same kind of inclinations. We, at one point we were having a, a conversation about what the group noun would be for social justice warriors. Um, and the best one we came up with, I didn't, I wish I had come up with this, but I didn't, was um, a shut-in of social justice warriors. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, but but so yes, yeah, so I found out about White Nonsense Roundup. I was like, for a lot of my adult life, I've been kind of, I've wanted to be more involved in activism than I was. Uh, and this seemed like a perfect way for me to do it. And it really has, it's been so rewarding. So Joe, I, I wonder, so we, we mentioned this just before we started recording um, and sort of in the lead up to getting someone from White Nonsense Roundup to be on our podcast. You've mentioned this sort of a little bit of sort of discomfort um, with the organization and even you personally as a white man being the, you know, sort of the subject or the center of a conversation about mm -hmm. race. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners about that and what sort of what you mean by that. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um. <sighs> White people basically, if there are black people or indigenous people or people of color talking about race, white people's job in that conversation is to listen. And if we're asked a question, our job is to answer the question. And if there are other white people who are being assholes, then our job is to shut them down. But there is nothing that, you know, white people have never experienced racism in our lives. And so there is nothing that we can know about racism that black people, indigenous people, people of color don't already know and haven't already known from birth. So there's really like, and I think for far too long and still really now stories, like stories about anti-racism always center white people. There was that movie last year that won the, um, the Green Mile. No, not the, the Green, Green Book. Green Book. Green Book, yeah. Um, and it was like, I didn't see it because I knew it would drive me crazy. <laughs> you know, putting a white man at the center of a story about racism against black people, you know, it makes white people feel good because they can identify with the white guy and, and feel like they've done something. But that's, you know, white people are not the heroes of the story. <laughs> Realizing that maybe you should do something to become a decent person is not what anti-racism is about. Right. Um, and so, and you know, like to kill a mockingbird, to, I hate to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> Preach. Like, 
it's just, you know, great. Here's a story about racism and it's all about white people. It's just, white people have been at the center of conversations about race for hundreds of years and we're not the ones it harms. I mean, it does harm us in, in different ways, but we're not the ones, we're not the ones it kills. Um, right. And we're not the ones who know what, who know what needs to be done. We're not the ones with the ideas here. You are the experts. And there's, you know, it's like, if I go to my doctor, I'm not gonna, or, you know, if there's a conference, you know, with a bunch of doctors, I'm not gonna go and argue with them about medicine and be like, well, no, I, you know, here's this stupid study from <laughs> 1976 that some <laughs> asshole did, you know, that's three people read that proves that all of you are wrong about, you know, the fact that smoking causes cancer. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna listen to the experts. So that's- It's really- and, Yeah. Well, so I'll say it's really, it's heartening to hear, and April and I um, thought about, thought a lot about whether we wanted any white people on our podcast as guests generally, uh -huh. um, yeah. much less people that are doing anti-racism work. And we decided that we ultimately did, but with this sort of very uh, specific purpose of giving illustrations to other white people of what they can be doing and so mm -hmm. we're so yeah. happy that you guys agreed to it and and that's a, i appreciate that explanation and i know our, re our listeners do too um because it's really self-aware and sort of circumspect circumspect um and and i think you're saying um you, you know you're right but appreciate you sort of letting us sort of put you in the spotlight for a second for, you know, for, for educational teaching yeah. purposes to other white people. Yeah. Um, with that said, so, you know, we're referring to white nonsense as sort of a general term. We're wondering if you can give some examples of the common, you know, types of conversations where um, the organization has been at, or, you know, I guess, sorry, you're not an organization, where White Nonsense Roundup uh -huh. has, uh, has been asked to sort of intervene. Um, sure. What are some of the common ones? Yeah, sure. There, are, it, overall, there are sort of three. I would say there are three main um, uh, categories of nonsense we're called upon to to round up. Um, one is just trolling. You know, people just come on your come on your page and they're just being assholes. You know, they're the black on black crime folks. Or the you know the pulling the race card folks, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. um, and it's just you know there. So yeah, that's one um, who have just come on your page to be racist assholes. Um, then there are, and this tends mostly to be white guys, um, the sea lions, um, and. You, you know what a sea lion is? Yeah, the, the yeah. you mean like the barking like Oh, 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 there's this great there's this great comic um about a sea lion and it's basically like the sea lion is is like, well, so I agree with you says to this one this other guy. There's a sea lion and a guy and the sea lion says, "I agree with you, but but there's this one thing that I don't disagree with and it actually makes you wrong." So what about that? And then uh, hmm. it explains. And then the scene lion is like, yes, and and then the guy explains. 
I mean, the sea lion keeps going. Mm, <laughs> and yes. Man. Last panel of the of the of the comic is the sea lion in the guy's house next to his bed, being like, "I just want to have an uh, you know an unbiased conversation. I don't know oh, why." Oh God. Expect. And so it's it's that it's the I am unbiased. I am skeptical. I am the arbiter of everything that is true, and you are obligated to to prove to me your point in order for me to agree with it. Or God, this is giving me this is giving me flashbacks. Yeah, I'm gonna to say yes. Shut up. So so that's the second category is the sea lions, um, and the third category, and this is it's this is white men and white women. But it's more often I, it's more often white women um, who are the not all white women people or not mm. all white men people. Um, you know, any art, any literally anybody posts anything on Facebook, you know, any study or any article, any essay about how, you know, white women voted for Trump or whatever, you know, and the the comments just immediate or like you know Alyssa Milano there was a thing a few months ago yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't remember what it it was about she was speaking about something that black women had already been speaking about and people were like lauding her to the skies or mm -hmm. or you know and and actually that's 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 something else I'll, I'll actually I'll I'll get to that in a sec um the you know white women voted for trump or white women need to need to be better to black women or whatever and the white women show up being like not this white woman not all white women da, 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 da. and and so my response to that is always um okay well listen you know let me ask you uh if you were in a conversation with other women uh, about what assholes men can be and I showed up and shoved myself into the conversation and said, well, not all men, how would you feel? Mm. And, and it, usually it's crickets. Usually that's right. the opposite. Um, so yeah, there's, so there's the not all white women. There's, there's also the, the Alyssa Milano thing, you know, a lot of people, or with Greta, Greta Thunberg, um, you know, indigenous teens have been speaking out about this issue for ever. But now that a white girl is talking about it. And this was the this was the young white girl who yes. was this climate change activist. Just so yes. our just so our listeners know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um uh and so and she's, you know, now the the darling of everybody. And and I have you know she's she's great. I think the things she says are terrific. I have I'm happy for people to like her. It's the it's ignoring the marginalized, you know, mostly indigenous, also other of other races, teens and and children and people who have been talking about this issue the whole time when you weren't listening. Right. That that's that's like that's the problem. It's like. You know, nobody has anything against Greta Thunberg. It's the ignoring that's the problem. Right. Um, so, so I guess that's, I guess that would be a fourth category, the kind of, you know, why are you attacking Greta Thunberg? Um, 
there's a those are I would I would say the main categories. Something else may occur to me while we're while we're talking and all. Sure, sure. So so when you do when you and your and your team do you know engage in these conversations either when you're tagged in or when you you know start them yourselves mm-hmm. what's the response like do you i mean i i'm often very discouraged mm-hmm. when i do engage in conversations you know on social media i often come away thinking well that was a waste of time or i i don't even know if that person heard anything I was saying mm-hmm. what what are your responses like how do you feel after these conversations well we usually we get the same thing I mean you know it's people aren't listening to a thing we're saying um people are just being <laughs> It's like exactly. any racist thing they've ever heard will just come spewing out of their fingers you know, just to to defend themselves against the idea that anybody might ever think that they, you know, had done something that was a tiny bit racist. Um, So the people that, you know, so we get, it's, it's, you know, it's white fragility bingo. You're the real racist, (laughs) you know, or um, let's see what else. Um, I get accused of being racist literally every day. I'm not exaggerating, which is why. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It's, it's like... I have to keep from crying, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're the real racist. Uh, you just, you know, all this division is is unhelpful. We need to unite and be together. Um, you know, you know, oh, and, you know, all of them have a black friend. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, every single one of them. Have, has a black friend or a black wife or, you know, once went to a black hairdresser. Right. Um, you know, it's so that there's that there's um, what else? Uh, playing the race card. There's. Right. Um, oh, so I'm white. So I don't just I'm not allowed to have an opinion. You know, there's uh, there's not all white people. Um, Can you, know, you recall a time yeah. when you were heard? And, you know, someone was like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. Or, you know, I didn't know that. Thanks for sharing. Yes. Yes. There, that does happen. Um, not, not often. Um, but it, it happens frequently enough that it feels really, that it, that it, it happens, you know, maybe a few times a month, I would say on my, that I see and other volunteers may, have different experiences, but, but that's, that's what I experience. Um, the other thing though, that we try to keep in mind is that we're ultimately not aiming for the people we're arguing with. We're aiming for the lurkers. Yep. The Hmm. people who are reading along silently, um, and who are maybe not so committed to their racist position that they want to say something about it. But if they're reading, you know, maybe they'll they'll see this and they'll be like, huh, that guy really is being racist. And, you know, this white guy, you know, kind of has a point. I'll, I'll think about that. Yeah, um, yeah, that that yeah. is a that's a huge point. That is that I would never I would never write that on Facebook. But I certainly then like I'm, you know, using people as an example for the lurkers. But that I see you all doing that. And 
you're laying things out for the people who are following along in the conversation. Just to explain to people what you mean by that. For people who are yeah. not involved in the conversation, but following along and seeing all the resources and arguments that you're putting up against right. this person um, right. and thus being educated in the process themselves. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's really, it's, yeah, it's, it's really great. And that's a good tactic. And just to give you guys kudos, I have seen, I think you actually, Joel, um, commenting on my posts on Facebook and, and, you know, not necessarily changing the minds of the people that you're interacting with, but mm -hmm. definitely informing them. And I can see them hearing you and see them sort of saying, oh, I never thought about it that way. And that to me is a win. Oh, that's um, fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, and that's why we also, um, we never curse at people. We only get snarky if the other person is really, really snarky. Um, you know, we we we're always calm, or well, I mean, we always type things that make us look calm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, you know, so because if we didn't, then we wouldn't hit the lurkers. Right. You know, the lurkers would be like, oh God, here's a you know, some crazy you know, crazy guys thinks everybody's racist. I'm just going to go, you know, do something racist. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And that, le that lends itself to the whole both sides thing too. When there's two people yelling at each exactly. other, using all yeah. caps, then people can just dismiss it as, Oh, those people right. are just yelling like crazy yeah. people. Um, I wonder if, so I'd like to take a step back and ask you sort of a larger question um, yeah. about, dismantling white supremacy. So what does, I can ask, you know, what does White Nonsense Roundup view as white people's role in dismantling white supremacy? I guess either either the the group or, or you personally, what do you think that uh, white people's role should be in dismantling white supremacy generally? You've touched yeah. on some of the points, I suspect, but I'd, I'd yeah. love to hear what your thoughts are. Well, um, I mean, as a group, we're pretty, uh, there may be, there may be tiny things here and there that we don't completely agree on, but we're all, we're all at this place that I'm about to talk about. White folks are co-opted into racism. It, we're, we're coerced into it at birth because we're born into a system that treats us better and that treats other people worse. And we can't do, we can't not be born into that system. So that it sucks and it's not fair, but it's a, it's much it's much it's also not fair to be on the other side of that system. And just because you didn't give yourself this advantage doesn't mean you don't have a responsibility to smash the system that is so unjust. So I think that white people, you know, and people will will say, "Oh God, the white guilt here is just, you know, I can't breathe for the white guilt." I don't feel white guilt. We don't feel white guilt. Um, you know, it's not our. We didn't decide to be born white. Um, it's white responsibility, white moral responsibility, um, to rectify the injustice that we have been born into. Um, and I would also say um, that white people have an obligation to ourselves um, because, and I've thought this for a while, and I mean, racism kills black people's bodies. And I think that racism also kills white people's souls. Hmm. Um, 
you know, and I don't, I, I don't know what really what a soul is, but there's something about, you know, it's there's something about making somebody hardened to the suffering of somebody else. If you are born to, into a system that trains you from birth to think that other people's suffering is less important than your own, or that pe the suffering of people who don't look like you is less important than your own suffering, it hardens you in a way. And it, it there's a there's a way in which I think it it keeps you from being fully human. Mm. This um, is I, this is so refreshing. Um, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no but problem. I, I you're I think the first white person I've ever heard voice that idea. Mm -hmm. um, and I've I've written about this a little bit, but I'd I'd love to explore it more. That I, the idea that it it su racism sucks, yes, and it sucks for black people, mm -hmm. people of color, it, it yeah, yes, but it sucks for white people too. When you think about it, yeah, when you think about exactly what you said, what it does to your soul, and how it keeps you from whether you know it or not, from yes, being fully human and embracing your whole self or your whole yeah. soul uh, if you want to say um that yeah that's that's um I, this is not to sound condescending but i'm surprised to hear a white person say that i've never heard anyone else voice <laughs> we, that. we didn't so know other white people thought that so yeah because it's so and it's so it, for for black people or I'll speak for myself, for me, seeing racism in white people, it feels so obvious that, ooh, you're right. you're hurting inside. That must hurt yes. you, your heart, if you know it or not. I don't know, but I'm I'm gonna tell you, yeah. it is hurting you. Yeah. Um, so it's it's you know, you'd think that if that could be recognized, you know, white people would want to fix that, to get that out of themselves and to and to be whole. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, I, I don't know if, if at least those of us white people who are alive now can ever get it fully out of ourselves, um, because it's, you know, it was kind of baked in, but just being conscious of it and working against it every moment that you can, or every moment that, that you realize it's, it's showing up is, it, I, not not relieving exactly it's not a relief but I, I guess it kind of is too it's like it it feels like oh this is it's like you know plato's cave like those people mm -hmm. are chained in their in their seats watching the shadow play of the real people outside behind them and it's like oh this is what outside looks like mm-hmm yeah um, yeah so as you know, say white people are hearing this and say yes to it as they, you know, want to become more active in uh, being anti-racist and want to, you know, enter into those spaces, into those communities or organizations that are committed to fighting racism. What should white people, you know, bear in mind 
as they as they enter those spaces mm-hmm. or as they become more active? What are some things that, you know, yes, go out there, do your thing, fight racism, but don't forget what? Right. Don't forget that you are there as an ally of the person who is running the army. Mm. And that your job is to go where they want you to go and to say what they want you to say. And you may, you know, it's possible that a black person or an indigenous person in some space that you're in may say something that you disagree with. You don't have to say, I disagree. You know, um, it, saying, saying I disagree, I don't want, saying I disagree is not an anti-racist action. Hmm. And so, and I'll tell you, there are, it happens very rarely, but, um, you know, somebody, a person of color who tags us or a black person, an indigenous person will say something, will be arguing in favor of something that, that I can't find a way in myself to agree with. A lot of the times, even if sort of on the surface, it's like I disagree about, you know, the this, I, I disagree about the execution or something like that, but I don't disagree about the principle. And so I argue, you know, with the white nonsense about the principle. Um, and, you know, I, I can think of like maybe three times in the last four years, three, four, five times where uh, somebody has said something that, that, I dis- that I really just disagreed with. Um, and rather than saying, I disagree, I found another way to support the person. You know, sometimes it's, look, you are speaking to a person with experience of these things as a person with no experience, listen to the fucking expert, you know, mm, or, yes. or, you know, sometimes it'll be about the tone that the person is taking. You know, I, it's, there's always something, there's always something supportive that you can say. And it's never, I disagree. That doesn't mean you can't disagree. And that doesn't mean that, you know, in your house or when you're at that person's house for dinner, if they're your friend or something, you can't get into an, you you can't have a conversation about it. But as an anti-racist, you cannot say, I disagree. Hmm. Wow, that's really powerful. And I feel like that is something that, uh, you know, breaking down each action that a white person does as in the context of these discussions as, is this an anti-racist action or is it not? Um, is really smart and really direct and an easy thing for people to think about when they're ha- when they're white and having these conversations. Right. Um, so I appreciate you putting it that way. Right. Um, of, of my options, right. You know, the two things I'm thinking about: which one is an- is the more anti-racist? Right. Right. Do that one. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So we're we're sort of nearing the end here, but I want you to I want to give you the opportunity to uh, tell our listeners where they can connect to you all. How do they find, how do they find you? Sure. Um, we're on Facebook, uh, at, uh, white nonsense roundup. Um, just type in white nonsense roundup and you'll get taken to our page. Uh, we also have a Twitter team and, uh, I think their handle is no white nonsense at no white nonsense. Um, and there's an Instagram team as well. Um, but we, 
we couldn't, we haven't yet figured out how to be on Instagram and share material about people who are not white without making it look like we were saying it ourselves. So we haven't figured out a way to be effective in that space yet, except as except when we respond to racism and the things that other people are saying. Um, gotcha. And uh, Ken, is there is there something that folks can do to support you all if they like if they like your mission and want to want to support you in some way? Yes, and it's do it on your own. Exercise your own rounding up muscles. Um, and that's what we tell most white people who write, you know, white people will tag us into discussions uh, and we'll go and we'll see that they haven't said anything, you know, and, we'll, and we, we PM them and we say, hey, it's great that you, that you want to work against the racism in this thread. Um, we are happy to support you in brainstorming what you want to say. We're happy to offer you resources, but really we want you to to do the the heavy lifting here i love well, that it, action you know yeah and you have the right and, ideas but you got to work for it yeah and also and also you know and i know black lives matter does this too with the sort of offshoots that have come the the sort of white offshoots that have come from black lives matter mm -hmm. like white people go to the side away from black and brown people and talk amongst yourselves to fix this. Um, and huh, don't, okay. I hadn't don't, heard that. That's fantastic. Don't have it in the, you know, um, in the public square and ta sort of tasking black and brown people with the sort of, emo the sort of emotional taxation that comes with correcting white people on things and, and right. arguing with white people about racism. The fact that you're sort of privately going to, um, to white folks saying, look, we're going to help you with this off to the side because this isn't, this doesn't need to be, this is our people and we need to sort of make sure that we're doing it right. That's just really right. refreshing to hear, I'll say. Right. right. The other thing that I, that I think your listeners can do uh, is if they have a question about anything that has to do with racism, don't ask a person of color first. Mm. <laughs> At, like, and I don't mean like, I don't mean anything, anything. And I don't mean, you know, like if your best friend is a person of color and you have, you know, you have talks, you talk with her about racism all the time. I'm not saying don't do that. But if you are, you know, if you see a post somewhere or hear somebody, hear a, a indigenous person talking about an issue or a black person talking about an issue that, that really is a problem for black people, don't then go up to them you know, if you if you don't even know them and say, oh, well, why? Hmm. Yeah, that, because that adds they already have the burden of being oppressed. Now you've given them the extra burden of explaining to their oppressors why and how not to oppress them. Right. Don't make me justify my humanity to you. Yeah. Ask, you know, find, find us, find uh, nice white ladies, which is another Facebook group, uh, find conversations with white people um, and ask there, ask white people first and do your fucking research. <laughs> like you can fucking Google. You know, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's so true, though. It's, it's so true. Sometimes like, white people act like they have no resources. 
Yeah. As if, if a black person can't answer a question for you, then you're, you know, there's nothing you can do to find an answer. Right. Right. How can I learn if you won't teach me? Exactly. I see that a lot. I see that a lot. Right. And the answer is always, ah, you seem to have missed the last, you know, 30 years. Um, there's <laughs> something called the internet. Right. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to it. <laughs> it's wonderful yeah. and because, terrible because, at the same because time. Because people, black people, have, there are forests worth of words that black people have written about racism. You know, Ijeoma Oluo's book, So You Want to Talk About Race, I recommend all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, uh, I recommend all the time. These are These are not... Like, you don't have to trek to some palace, some hidden palace underneath, <laughs> underground in the Himalayas to get a copy of these books. Well, and it's like, treat it like anything else you research, right? Like, yes. if you want to know, if you want to know whether uh, vaccines work or whether they cause autism in children, go research that. And right. you will see that, yes, vaccines work, and no, they do not cause autism. You will see that there's consensus there, right? Like, that, so right. go do right. that. Go figure it out and come back when you know. Yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. One one image that I have found really helpful in thinking about anti-racism, and I, I got this image from a, a person of color on Facebook, and I don't remember who it was, Unfortunately, so I, so it was an Asian guy, but I can't remember his name, and I just saw it in some post, um, and it was it was this. It's this. Imagine society as a suitcase, um, and imagine that you are on you are with the suitcase. You're standing on a moving walkway at the airport, and the walkway is moving from not racist to racist. The only moral choice you can make is to walk toward not racist. If you walk toward racist, that makes society more racist. If you stay still and say, oh, I'm not racist, then it makes society more racist. <laughs> you, your actions are letting society, you're, you're letting racism continue to harm people. And so it's just that walking toward walking toward the other end. I love that. That's Me great. Me too. Yeah, it's um, going to continue on no matter what you do if you yeah. just do nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Joel, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Um, thank you white so nonsense, much for having me on. Yeah. Uh, white Nonsense Roundup has done and continues to do so much good work. So, you know, we, we really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. We're just, we're really glad that we can that we can do something to help. And now it's time for this episode's action item. So with this episode, I'd like to challenge um, white people to share your stories. And what I mean by that is... Um, when, as a white person, you see something racist, you experience, you're in a situation where something racist happens or you do something racist, um, share that with your white friends. Tell them what happened. 
um, on you know social media if you feel comfortable or just the next time you're you're with your friends share that story tell them what happened tell them how you came to be in that situation what you saw why you did or did not intervene um, if you didn't intervene how do you plan to next time um, tell them what the, the problem was explain why the circumstances were racist or you know what explain you know why what you saw is racism um, and let them know what you think let your friends engage in those conversations with you um, and don't just keep that stuff to yourself. It's hard enough to struggle to, you know, be an anti-racist and to be a, um, to be an ally. But, you know, pull your friends along too. If you are, you know, next time you go out for, what do white people do? Beers. Beers. Next time you go out for <laughs> beers with your friends, um, if, you know, in that past week you saw... I don't know, your yoga instructor touched one of the, you know, participants, one of the black participants' hair in a weird way, which it's always weird, and you didn't do anything about it, tell your friends that. Let them know that you saw this, it was wrong. I didn't say anything this time, but, you know, next time if this happens again, uh, this is what I'm going to do. Talk it through with them, and and most importantly, let them know that this was wrong. I saw it, this was wrong, this is why it's wrong. And have that discussion. Build that accountability for yourself. Yeah. Within your social group. Yeah, and, and hopefully if they're friends, the next time you have beers <laughs> or tailgate, um, <laughs> they'll, you know, bring it up again. Hey, you do, have you gone to that same, you know, yoga class or Pilates? And has <laughs> You're that really instructor... really hitting all the stereotypes. I love it. Has that instructor behaved in the same way? Is she still touching people's hair? And, you know, you tell them what, what has happened. If yes, have you said something? No. If you have, <laughs> great. And and be proud of yourself and share that with your friends. But the point is to to keep these conversations happening. Mm-hmm. Don't keep, you know, your experiences with racism to yourself. Share those things, particularly with your other white friends. episode of Black Anne was written and produced by us, April and Jonathan Perkins, and was edited by me. Our theme music is by Fifth Child. You can find more of his work at fifthchildmusic.com. That's the number five, fifthchildmusic.com. Black Anne is available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard here, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Also, tell your friends about us. It really helps us out. 